0: of the Hooga Girls podcast. My name's Emma. And I'm Maddie, and it's another week, another Monday, another new episode, and a new season. Yes, so excited. We're jumping into season three today with a very, very awesome guest for you guys. Yes, so today we hosted
1: Huggy, and she is a entrepreneur, NLP practitioner, life coach, and singer-songwriter with a diploma in the Define Feminine. It was so great chatting with her. She is based out of London and created her business Femnafeek during the first lockdown to empower women. And it, the really cool thing about Heggy and one of the reasons we wanted to bring her on the show is that she's originally from Norway, so we discussed her experience with hygge growing up in a Scandinavian country and how it's more important to live a hygge lifestyle now more than ever.
0: Yeah, she was so inspiring. I know me and Maddie both got so motivated from everything she had to say, and we know you guys will as well. So without further ado, continue listening to hear Heggy discuss her specific techniques to help you live an empowered life through productivity and self love. Let's get into the episode.
1: Hi, Heggy
2: How are you? Thank you so
1: much for being on the show today.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. I'm so so excited that we
1: were able to kind of coordinate this like we were just talking about how we're all in three different time zones and it's really, it's going to be so interesting because having someone who is Norwegian and who is currently living in London and you know has a very different perspective on Hugo and what it is, um, it's going to be really exciting so do you want to go ahead and give us a little bit about a background on who you are and Just give us your elevator pitch. Let let us know
2: who you are. (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah, so my name is Hegi, and uh, I am Norwegian, so I know all about Higa. (laughs) And uh, I grew up in Norway, but when I was around 15, I moved to Spain with my family. So I lived in Spain for a few years as well, on the south coast, very beautiful. And then I moved to London to pursue my artistic dream. So I do a few different things. I'm a singer-songwriter as well, and I've just launched a, a business called Femnifique, to help inspire and empower women. So I'm very passionate about personal development and especially empowering and helping women. So yeah, so that's really what I do these days and trying to get that business off the ground and trying to get my music off the ground. So it's, it's busy. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And with um, Femnafiq and touching on that a little bit, how did you come up with that name? And um, basically you said you wanted to empower women. How are you
2: doing that through this business? Yeah, it's interesting when I um, had to think about naming the business, I I knew that I wanted to name it as a brand because I'm planning on creating courses and a lot of resources for women. Mm. And also because I use my name as my artist name, I didn't want to have that as the business name because it would be too confusing. So I knew I had to find a brand name. And I was actually asking for divine guidance. I was asking, oh, because every single name I could think of was already taken and uh, uh-huh. I thought I need something really unique and special. And um, and then one night as I was falling asleep during the first lockdown, I believe it was, uh, the name just came to me and I thought, oh, that's a really nice name because it's a fusion of feminine, because it's about helping women, but it's mm-hmm. also a mixture of mag- magnifique, the French, and I don't speak French, but you know, it means uh-huh. magnificent. So sort of magnificent woman. And I thought that was really unique and special and when I then looked it up it hadn't been taken so I thought yeah this is what I'm going to name the business. So um, as soon as that lockdown hit actually the first time I started to do the trainings because I've been in the personal development field for many years already and I had a life coach myself in the past that I found that really valuable Mm -hmm. and I've just been in that space for many years five six years now So I found myself naturally coaching other women anyway. And a lot of women would say to me, oh, you're so inspiring and you're doing all these things. And, you know, and and I thought to myself, well, I love doing this. And I'm always reading about psychology and personal development and spirituality and trying to be my best self and trying to help others be their best selves. Um, So I thought, why not just create a business around it? Um, so that's really the motivation that I had behind doing it and uh, and I then trained as a as a certified life coach and master NLP practitioner, and I also took a diploma in the divine feminine as well. So what I do is I fuse standard personal development with NLP and uh, and principles of the divine feminine energy, and uh, I use that to help women to be more productive to have the courage to let go of self-doubt and to really go for their dreams and passions and to feel more confident and to just find more joy and peace in their lives really i think that um you know a lot of women sometimes we can struggle a bit with um lack of confidence and lack of productivity and we've been such a male dominated society for so long that we're yeah. sometimes trying to catch up and So that's really what I wanted to focus on and help women tap into their own power by using feminine energy and the principles of NLP and and psychology and life coaching and things. Yeah.
0: I love that. That's so awesome. I love how you've kind of taken these ideas that may be a little more... Um, just like ideas when it comes down to it. And you've created it into something tangible. And I love kind of where society's at of this like women empowerment movement. And you can actually make businesses out of things that really didn't used to be businesses. They were kind of just like, oh, advice columns or leaning on people for support. But you would seem like you definitely have a passion for that. You have um, kind of, you have so much to give to other people, why not turn it into something, like I was saying, that's tangible, that you can, um, give to other people, so that's awesome, um, I know, you know, as women, we definitely do have so many, just self-confidence issues, we have, like, our own insecurities, we have our struggle with, kind of, like, how we, how we find ourselves in the world, um, and that's developed through, throughout time of women becoming more empowered, and having more opportunities, and all of that, but, um, that's so cool. That's so cool that you've turned it into a business. Thank and you. The name is so cute. Um, I think that that's definitely so hard because there's probably, I'm like, I can't even imagine having to come up with something completely original, but you, yeah. you me. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> no, and that's, that's, so maybe <laughs> this is, maybe this is just my ignorance a little bit or whatever it is, but what exactly is an NLP practitioner? Like, what does that entail? How did you get certified to do that? And Um, I guess, what was your goal in pursuing this path and pursuing the path of a life coach?
2: Yeah, so so obviously, like I said, just being so passionate about empowering other women and finding Mm -hmm. myself naturally doing it anyway, I had it in the back of my head that maybe I should start something around this. And then when lockdown hit, I I literally just went, yes, I'm doing this. So I I took the life coaching certificate first. um, And NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So it's a very effective way of bringing about transformation and change on a very deep level and, you know, getting to the core of limiting beliefs and really shifting things on a deeper level. So I wanted to incorporate that and, and train in that just so that I had that to, to use as well for those that I felt would need that. I just think that the more you can give and uh, and use, the better it is, and especially because you want to really be able to bring about a deep lasting transformation if you can mm-hmm. so so that's what NLP does it's just a really effective tool for bringing about um more powerful change and uh, and yeah and then incorporating the divine feminine as well which uh, again is another element of course
1: yeah no yeah. absolutely and with with that I kind of want to tie it into your perspective or your experience with Huga, because being Norwegian you've kind of grown up in this hoogly lifestyle. And so um, we've actually we started this podcast um, based off of Hugal Life, which is a cafe and shop in Colorado. And so that's kind of how we were introduced to the word um, and kind of the meaning of it. But obviously we are both born and raised in the United States. We don't have that personal experience with us. So can do you mind touching a little bit on that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's quite interesting as a true standee (laughs) to see how that has become such a global concept. You know, Uh, it's quite nice to see that. And, you know, when I grew up in Norway, Hige is, um, it wasn't a concept back then. It was just, you know, it was just part of life. I think, I think why it's become so appealing is the simplicity of it. And I think it's very linked to mindfulness. Hige. you know, it's those little things that, actually you have control over so there's so many things in life you can't necessarily control but you can control how you set up your home space and 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 you know for me I certainly have a lot of habits that I've taken with me since my childhood in Norway you know just little things like I'm always lighting lots of candles because of course growing up in Scandinavia it's very cold a lot of times of the year Mm -hmm. and it's very dark also you know it gets dark really really early like 3 p.m it starts to get dark and you know that's in the south where I was from Yeah, a lot of parts of the country is very dark so you have to find ways to find joy and peace in in that little home space because you don't really want to go out when it's dark and cold right yeah so I think that's probably where it stems from and uh yeah to me it just means Doing those little things, lighting lots of candles, having a good pair of fluffy socks, you know, having some hot chocolate, you know, and just it, the mindfulness of enjoying those little simplistic things in life that everyone can have access to enjoy. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and I feel like that's something that all of us can can really benefit from, especially in the current world that we're in, because obviously. Emma um, and then I don't have that experience of living somewhere where it gets dark at 3 p.m. or where it is cold all the time. Like it, it gets cold here, but not not quite to the same extent. Um, and I feel like something that the world has experienced this past year and even going into 2021 is being home and being in a small space and not being able to go outside. And so, you lived in a Scandinavian country. You kind of grew up there. Then you moved to Spain and then you moved to London to pursue your passions. And London it has been in multiple lockdowns, I believe that you guys are on your third one, which I was doing a little bit of research about it the other day. And it's going all the way through March, which is yeah. absolutely insane. So living in London, where there is another lockdown going, can you tell us a little bit about how you maintain hygge or how you uh, maintain setting goals and actually achieving them and that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think you're very right about the point that you're making that hygge is definitely more relevant now than ever with lockdown all over the world and and all these restrictions, with us being forced to be at home, not being able to go out and do the things we normally would, And uh, a lot of people I know have really struggled with that also. Um, I feel maybe having been Scandinavian and and having had that hygge has has helped me in a lot of ways. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, like, well, I mean, even in London now, it's quite cold, you know. So, um, at the moment, I'm still doing all of the candles and and the cozy blankets and the fluffy socks and all of that stuff. Really cozying up in winter and trying to embrace that. So I'm definitely, that's just something that I've always done, probably because it was so ingrained in me from childhood, just making your home space cozy. I mean, that's what he gets about, you know, making it cozy, right? So um, I do that. But when it comes to things like goal setting and, uh, and being in lockdown, I think for me, I've... I think, I think it depends a little bit obviously on your circumstances because some people are you know homeschooling and they have their kids at home and I imagine that would be quite hectic. so I, I guess it depends on what situation you're in. but I think with goal setting for me I think planning is so important and uh, and, and trying to control the things we can control um, mm. and, and not focus so much on the things that we can't control uh, that really is key for me. So for me with goal setting and things, I have a system. So what I always recommend people do is having a weekly plan, because I really think it makes all the difference. So every Sunday I make a weekly plan with, you know, Monday through to Sunday, the following week. This is what I'm going to do. And within that weekly plan, there's a plan for each day so that I always know what I'm going to focus on and what I'm going to do each day. And I think it's also really important to have a good morning routine as well, because if you don't start your day in a good way, it can sort of go downhill so that's very key, and um, I know we wanted to talk about productivity as well, and productivity for women. I have a lot to say about that also, yeah. but um, <laughs> but yeah, with with goal setting, I think weekly plan is always what I recommend starting with first, and and then you can branch into doing monthly plans and and yearly plans. You know, I always have weekly plans, monthly plans, annual plans. <laughs> I'm a bit of a planner. I love a good plan. Yeah.
0: I know we've talked a lot about that, or not a lot, but we've definitely touched on it in some of our episodes just about how important it is to set that structure for yourself. And life can get so overwhelming. And when you don't have things kind of laid out in a visual way, and also like usually life is really stressful and has all these things going on, but now it's almost the opposite If there's not all these things going on. There's not a lot getting you up in the morning because you don't have to physically leave your house to go to work or go do this event or whatever so setting a plan even as the simplest things it's like 12 o'clock like I'm going to I don't know like hop on this zoom call and then at one o'clock I'm gonna make myself lunch it's really a nice way to structure yourself and um, allow yourself to move throughout the day because if not I just feel like you get in this rut of not doing anything you can so easily lose that hugo you can so easily lose your motivation to Keep going throughout the days and actually be productive and be happy and make something out of it because it's just it's such weird time. So I'm glad that you have incorporated that HugA routine um, into you know it's very ingrained in you now and I think that's something that we all can benefit from and I think me and Maddie both have benefited from having this platform of HugA. And as much as we preach about it, we also take in a lot about it and we we learn about it and we try to incorporate it in ourselves. And that's been really helpful during these times because this isn't something that's traditional to American society. And it's been really cool to, we we did all these episodes before the pandemic about all these ways to like make your safe feel cozy and warm and happy and you know, we've needed that advice as much for ourselves as we needed it for other people recently because because of COVID and lockdown and everything. So huga like you said, right now is just, I feel like so important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And kind of transitioning a little bit away from that. So once you have your space and you have your hoogly atmosphere and you have um, kind of your plan set up and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this in the morning. This is my morning routine. You're kind of feeling a little bit productive. Um, how do you manage to actually increase your productivity? Because I feel like for me, especially in lockdown and in, in situations where you're not leaving your apartment or your house or anything as much, it's kind of like, in some ways you run out of things to do. I feel like there's so many things to do, but you're like, okay, well, like I did this yesterday. So what do I do today? So what are some ways that you can increase productivity? What does productivity mean to you? And how does that kind of pertain to what's happening in the world right now?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think, I think there's a few different things with, with productivity. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. It can be easy now we have all this free time to sort of run out of things to do, and then you waste that time. So that's also why it's important to have the plan. But I think sometimes we have a plan, but we don't always follow the plan, right? Which also has to do with productivity. But I think actually um, a really important part of productivity that people don't tend to think about is self-care. Because if you don't have good self-care in place, you're not going to be productive. You know, you're not going to be able to follow your plan um and also having a plan that actually is sustainable because what i see some people do as well is they get a bit overexcited with their plans and it's like oh i'm gonna do this 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 and, and there's this literally no breathing space in the plan so uh, you know you have to have a plan that's sustainable uh, and gold are sustainable in the way that you can keep going like that for a really long time and you have a have that balance i think that's first of all very important um so it has to be sustainable and also I think I think also the motivation behind what you're doing is important because it has to be something that you want to do to to bring you joy and I think that you know if if you don't have that that also means it's going to be really difficult to stick with doing it you know so I think sometimes as well people approach things maybe with the wrong motivation behind doing something and, and of course, investigating why that is could also be quite useful because that that could be quite counterproductive also. And another thing I like to say as well is I really think it's important as well to consider the energy around you when you do things. So obviously it depends what kind of environment you're in, but also the seasonal energies and even the cyclical energies as well. So you know, for me, for instance, I don't have the same schedule in the winter time as I do in the summer. And obviously it depends where in the world you're from. Like I imagine if you're in South Carolina, is it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's quite warm there all year perhaps. Yeah. It,
0: it's, it's relatively warm. It's, um, we get, we get a little bit of the cool, but it's not any, we don't get like snow like that. We, we yeah. stay kind of upwards,
2: but Oh, that sounds so lovely, honestly. <laughs> it sounds so nice. But, you know, for me, what I found is that, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, personal development uh, out there and they they kind of have this whole hustle mentality, right? That you have to hustle and you have to get up at 5 a.m. every day, all year round. And I think for me, I've discovered that that doesn't work, um, especially not in winter because the sun rises so much later and you need more rest in winter. At least I do. So, I kind of try to rise gradually earlier and earlier until summertime, and then and then later and later. So I kind of try to live more in harmony with the seasons and the the natural flow of the universe because I think yes. that's something that we've lost touch with. You know, everything has become so oh, everything has to be about progression and 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 I don't. I think that's also part of Higa. You know, being in balance and being in harmony with nature and because. Scandinavia, you know, there's so much nature there and people live very in harmony with nature in Scandinavia. You know, there's so much, we really try to take care of of the nature and to live in harmony with it. And I think that's what sometimes is lost a lot of the time. I think naturally, obviously it depends again on what kind of climate and where in the world you're based, but living a little bit in harmony with what kind of seasonal energies are around you, I think is really important also, because I think it can really... um, drain you if you're trying to work too hard in winter and that's what I would say you know for people who are in lockdown now in the northern hemisphere at least to give themselves a bit more leeway and um and try not to sort of push through too much but I think having a clarity about what you want to do because at the moment you know with the free time there's so many things that we could explore that you've always wanted to do and and also doing it in bite-sized chunks I think is really important just even if you do just a little bit every day I think consistency is more important than trying to cram everything in and allowing yourself that downtime and finding that balance and also being kind to yourself and realizing that maybe you won't get it right the first time you know maybe there will be some times where you where you end up not being as productive. And that's okay, too, not having to be perfect all the time. And that you can then assess how what you did that you can do better next time and not expecting to be perfect from day one. I think that's also really important, just being really kind to ourselves, because it is a strange world at the moment. So I think we really need that. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: with With the perfectionism, I feel like we live in a society now where the entire world is so interconnected through social media, which can be a very positive thing, but it can also be a very negative thing and can be very draining on your mental health because you're looking at someone's day 100 and you're on your day one and you're comparing. And I feel like that's so hard because you don't see the behind the scenes work. Even people on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok who are trying to show more real raw versions of themselves No one is ever, regardless of how real and authentic you're trying to be on a social media platform, no one is ever going to show the days where they set their alarm clock for 5 a.m. and they went back to bed until 8. No one's ever going to show the days where they get home from work and they want to pursue this side project and they're so tired and they're so exhausted that they make dinner and they go to sleep. Like, no one's going to show that. And so I really, I like that because it's like, Knowing that perfection is not something that you should strive for or that you should compare with other people is so important, especially in terms of productivity, because that's something that we talk a lot about on the podcast is productivity. And something I really like asking people is like, what is productivity to you? Because it's so different for everyone else. It's not, it's not, oh, like this is productivity. Like for Emma and I, it could be in a school setting or it could be um. Like for you, it could be actually putting out an album or promoting your music, or it could be um, gaining new clients as being a life coach. Like it's it's so different for each and every person. And so I feel like it's really interesting to see everyone's approach as to quote unquote, how to be productive, um, mm-hmm. because it is, it is so variable.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, if you can go to bed at night and feel like you've done something that day to either progress you to where you wanna be, or you've done something that day to bring you joy, you've been productive that day. You know, it doesn't have to be that you have to have done this remarkable thing every day. And and sometimes, you know, having having just done the things that you said you would do, you know, I think we just have to be more kind to ourselves because I think there's so much pressure to to be and do. and And, and actually sometimes just being kind to yourself and doing what you're doing, doing your best every day is enough sometimes.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's so encouraging. And I love thinking about life where I try to always think about life as my personal life clock and I'm not on other people's life clock. Like this is my time. This is my goals. This is my reality. And my reality is not someone else's reality. And also backtracking to what you said of kind of being more in tune with like the seasons, being in tune with nature, being in tune to what the environment, not even the physical environment, but just the energy that's around you I feel like is so important and especially in American culture I feel like we have long lost touch of those kinds of things because we live in a society that's just like go 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 you have to be the best every day you have to shoot for these high goals every single day but that's not realistic to uphold and sometimes you just really have to listen to what your body's telling you what the environment's telling you and again, moving along that life clock that works for you because it is so easy. Of course, we want to be productive. Of course, we all want to do great things in life, but it's easy to stress yourself out so much about that productivity that you're kind of losing grip of yourself. And I think also looping back to Huga, that's what Huga is so great for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just, I really, I am resonating with everything that you've said so far in this yeah. episode. And we just doing our background research, you know, we try to prep for these episodes. We try to come up with questions. We try to think about what's going to be beneficial for our audience. But sometimes we don't always hit the nail on the head because at the end of the day, like we don't personally know you or we don't know everything that you've gone through. So just to kind of wrap up, what is one question that you would ask yourself if you were in our shoes that we haven't already asked you?
2: Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know... I mean, I think maybe I would ask why uh, why I'm so passionate about um, inspiring and empowering other women. So yeah. I, I'll touch a little bit on that. I won't go into too much detail on it. But, um, you know, I, I spoke to a friend of mine the other day and she said, you know, it's, you know, I, I see you and you see you going out there always talking about empowering other women. And, and I, I've been so inspired by that for a long time. But I've always thought, you know, why what is it that's the underlying motivation why you're so inspired by this? And and for me, it's, you know, I've come from quite a disempowering place myself and managed to kind of get myself out of that. So I've kind of always played kind of a disempowering role in my family dynamic. And and then I ended up in sort of quite emotionally abusive relationship. And, and I had to really go back and, and do a lot of inner work to find out where this stemmed from within myself that I've allowed that to manifest in my life. Because I really believe that, Um, we have to take responsibility for what we attract into our lives, what it is in our own psychology that brings that out. Because sometimes we have all these patterns from the past or from our heritage or from uh, your ancestors, even energy that we're carrying forward. That's not even our patterns, really, that we just inherited. So I've worked a lot on that and and read a lot about that as well. And um, when I came out of that is when I started having life coaching and it, it really changed me and because it it provided so much value to me i just felt so passionate because i could see and i actually then met a lot of other women who had been experiencing similar things and it's very interesting to see how the sh- there's a shift in society and more awareness around these things now mm-hmm. and uh, and you know female empowerment is really becoming quite a thing uh, but i also feel very passionate about the fem- fem- feminine energy and women approaching empowerment from a space of not trying to you know I have to be like a man in order to be empowered because I think there's been a lot of that as well which actually I think can be very disempowering for women because we're not the same and we're operating on cyclical energy whereas men have linear energy and we need more rest and things and and things like that so I think it can lead to a lot of burnout for women when they try to step into empowerment from from that space So that's why I teach a lot of, um, you know, feminine energy and things like that. Because I think that when we embrace that, that's when we become really empowered as women. And I think that's really fascinating.
1: Going back to what you were saying with you were in this emotionally abusive relationship and you pulled yourself out of it through manifestation. What does it mean to you in terms of manifesting? Like, do you... Like I know there are so many different ways of manifesting and how do you connect that to the energy that you were talking about, like cyclical versus linear and um, how that actually incorporates into the divine feminine?
2: So do you mean manifesting things you want to achieve in your life or do you mean how I manifested that relationship?
1: Kind of both. So how you manifested the life that you are currently living in terms of your positive relationship with the energy around you that brought you out of that lower state that you were in at the time
2: Mm. so i think firstly how i managed to kind of get into that situation in the first place was because i was energetically operating from what i'd been taught and i was just repeating what i had been taught you know so it's kind of like family dynamics and patterns so things like that, but I think now I've done a lot of work on myself for a long time, you know, and I think it's always ongoing when you're, you know, you never really stop when you into personal development, you know, you always want to go to the next level and, and, and so on. So I think for me, um, it's been, a, I, I did have some therapy as well initially, which I also think is very important to talk about openly and, and break the stigma around that because I still feel there's stigma around that and I don't think there should be. I think it's, one of the most courageous thing you can do is to go and actually take responsibility for your life and investigate what it is in your own psychology that you can change. So I did that. And, uh, I also had life coaching, like I said, as well, and I'm a very positive person by nature. So I, I always sort of strive to be the best I can be and to learn. I love learning. So I think when I stepped into that space and then changed completely my environment, uh with surrounding myself with a community of, of people. And, um, and, you know, it's really that year after I left that relationship, actually, that I met a lot of my now closest friends. So it was really life transforming year for me. And I just, I think, I think our environment is very important. I think we do become a lot like our environment. So it's very important to, to, and that and that's another thing that when you're working on yourself over a longer period of time, you can actually see your environment slowly, changing quite often because you're always growing and you, you do outgrow people quite quickly after a while. Uh, and then there's a core few ones who kind of stay and grow with you. So I think that, that the main reason I was able to really manifest so many changes in my life so quickly and so many positive changes, I guess, was because I firstly had the courage to make a decision to just break free and, um, and to then seek some help and to surround myself with a completely new environment
1: yeah absolutely so in terms of the actual manifestation aspect of that um, is there something that you want to leave our listeners with in terms of if they are in the process of pulling themselves out of maybe a darker spot or if they are where you were a couple years ago leaving a potentially toxic or harmful relationship um is there anything that advice or anything that you would like to leave them with
2: you know I feel sometimes well I mean I just feel really grateful for where I am now because I think that if I hadn't made that one decision my life could be very different today and I I think that we owe ourselves to try to be the best we can be, and um, you know, to remember that we're worth, we're worth that, and we deserve that. So I think what I would say, and there, there's there's something in ALP actually called future self pacing, where you imagine your future self, and uh, and that can be a very powerful technique. And um, I maybe would would leave them with that. You know, in that imagining, if you had no fear, what would you do? And what would the best version of you five years from now? Who would they be? And what can you do today to bring you one step closer to that person? I think a lot of the times, even if it's not something as serious as being in a toxic relationship, you know, I think we allow fear to hold us back in life with so many things. And, uh, and it's just so much loss of potential and opportunities. And, and I think that is the greatest regret. And I remember actually when my life coach once said to me, you know, um, are you afraid of the wrong thing? sometimes we're afraid of making decisions. We're afraid of, and I remember when I was in that relationship, I was afraid to leave. I was afraid to leave because I was afraid to be on my own, and he—he—he he, uh, he was a, a crutch that I was leaning on in a lot of ways, and um, there was something in it for me as well, you know. And that's what you're leaving behind, and that's—that's that's why it's scary. So I think, I think he—are you afraid of the wrong thing? Because the thing you should really be afraid of is being in the same place or even in a worse place, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, and it's not going to get any better, you know? So I think that was a really powerful question for me. And I think sometimes when we don't take chances and we do things and we don't take risks and we, we believe in ourselves and have courage, we are afraid of the wrong thing because what we really should be afraid of is, you know, getting towards the end of our lives and not having lived the amazing life that we could have.
0: I love that. I love that. That's so motivational because it is such a, it's a long process of healing. It's a long process of getting where you want to be, but it is important just every day, allowing yourself to take that step, allowing yourself the freedom to not be weighed down by your past and be able to move forward towards eventually where you want to go. And I'm so glad that you seem to be in such a great space for yourself you seem to be um content happy and I love that you've been able to find that peace that huga, and all of that um great stuff for yourself because I think that's something that can be so inspiring to many people including myself like the times are just weird and I have my days where I'm down and I don't feel as if I have the tools to move forward to where I want to be but it just really is important it's all the inner self it's all this work that you have the ability to create um, and it's been so so great talking to you I really have loved everything you had to say I know Maddie and all of our listeners um will as well um, just to kind of round this off I was or I want you to share it with our listeners where they can connect with you um, via social media yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been thank such you. a pleasure. So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, happy new yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so, um, on social media, I'm uh, my business Feminifique is at Feminifique. So, I'm sure you can link that in the in the yeah. show notes. It'll yeah. be in the show notes down below, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and it's also at um www.feminifique.com. and with my music it's uh, Heggy Music at Heggy Music. So, yeah.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you, Huggy, so much for being on the podcast today. It's just, it's been so great getting to know you and hearing a little bit more about what you do. Um, and I know that I'm definitely leaving this episode inspired, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Anna. Thank you.